1: hell yeah okay. all right
0: yeah. Like time so you was. have
1: time dot what time damn time dot damn i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna google time dot was right now just just to see just to
2: see it's a second behind anyone
1: has jumped on that joke yet not looking like it so what Can't would that find.
2: be just it updates in real time but it's like a full second behind or I would just have it <laughs> yeah. do
1: random dates and times like each okay. second it just puts up a different date and time. <laughs> it's like it used to be this time at one point it was 13:47. Uh, nope, it was never that. It was never that. Uh, one, one, well, I guess, I guess yeah, seven p.m. is
3: a time that exists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 military time.
1: Anyway. <laughs> It is a gray day. As the skyship Uhuru is high up in the atmosphere, there are many folks who have drawn coats tight around themselves. The winds are not high up here, and the air is quite thin. So in addition to being cold, everyone is tired. Everyone moves as little as they can and moves sluggishly. The fires are kept alight in rotating shifts as people rotate out quite quickly. On the ground below, those who are watching can see that slowly and surely the Uhuru is emerging from the forest. They are not quite there yet, but they are moving away. This strategy is working, and should they stick to it, they will be free. However. Thoughts of escape are at the back of everyone's mind here. Time is short because everyone on this ship needs to pay respect to those crew members who fell during the fight and allowed them their freedom. This is an honored tradition aboard the ship and one that everyone embraces with a heavy heart we can see the bodies of the fallen heroes slowly being laid out on the boards of the deck. There were many who passed away this day. But of course, one name that is in the front of everyone's mind, in the way he so heroically gave himself to get this ship into the air. One of the longest standing crew members aboard the ship one that everyone came to know in one way or another. We see across the ship there are members of the crew who are searching around for a way to pay proper respects for him. Some are doing this holding back tears. Others are doing this with solemn indecision of what could be enough to offer their friend. And others do this with begrudging disgust as they truly despise this man in life and cannot stand even more how much they miss him in death the heart bell sounds as the ceremony in the ship is about to begin those who are working the furnaces are pouring sweat moving in rotation drinking as much water as they can allow themselves to keep the fires hot enough to cremate their fallen friends while the ceremony goes on. And people from the ship gather. I just want to hear what everyone looks like dressed in their their funeral clothes uh, and carrying an offering for their friend.
2: We've uh, seen uh, the morning gear of the uh protagonists of this story before uh after the uh death of uh daisy uh when the rowdy Rs were trying to uh take control of the ship some time ago now um and they have been uh, wheeled out again uh the captain has an alternate coat to the red feather one that they normally wear uh this one uh black and embroidered um similarly a a large uh black tricorn hat uh with a single white feather um that he keeps um poised low hiding his face jonet has a you know
3: his his nicer clothing on um sort of a like maroon and gold vest um that's you know the hues are probably more towards the darker side and kind of paired that with like you know nicer uh black pants and you know his his nicest boots that he's polished up for this um i think he's got on a sort of a, a, res- a respectable bandana um and he's also uh I don't know if we've ever really seen him with these, but he has gloves on. Hmm.
0: Mm. Gable is wearing their morning clothes, which I think we established that they're pretty femme. Um, Just like black cloak, black skirt, um, and hair done up. Uh, But deliberately they are uh, wearing... toned down uh versions of like oh uh wrapped up in a few more layers of garment uh just in case Mm -hmm. that there's any lascivious ghosts around here (laughs) (laughs) just Uh like you're not gonna get me you old creep no sir Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they're just very buttoned up from toe to tip
3: I, I should I should qualify that upon further inspection that you do notice that Jonathan's gloves are surgical gloves, uh just in mm-hmm. case there's any kind of, you know, you know, <laughs> handling of the body.
1: Mm. Um and we pan across the crew of the Uhuru itself and we see them in their funeral garb. A thing to note, while we do see a lot of dark colors, uh many folks wearing blacks. Many folks uh, in in tattered suits uh, that have seen a lot of use across the skies. We see people who clearly come from other traditions, folks wearing whites, folks wearing bright and vibrant colors. This is an eclectic collection of people from all across the face of Sphere. They bring with them and wear on their backs the different traditions of their homes and each of them pays their respect in a unique way. And of course, in their funeral tradition, it is not just paying respect by dressing from their own cultures, but in the ways they see and respect the traditions of their fellow crewmates. This becomes apparent as Spit walks up to the front of the furnace before everyone on the ship we all know why everyone's here today. We have. We have once again been called to take on the sad duty of burying one of our fellows, a number of our fellows. When we joined this ship, we knew this life would be dangerous. It is dangerous to run afoul of the law of the lands, but it is more dangerous still to be on a ship that is like our ship the uhuru the uhuru moves from port to port and we do not simply take the wealth of others so that we can continue our own lives we put our lives on the line so that other people may continue theirs and that draws ire from many forces some of them some of them the red feather syndicate and others beyond knowing or control We do not know exactly what brought the wrath of the Forest Queen down upon our ship, but we do know the price that we paid. It was a price of blood and life. But we are here. We are all here because of the brave actions of these folks, those standing in front of me and those laid out on the deck. And because we are here, we are able to honor the requests that they made in life of how they might be laid to rest. Now, all of these sorry souls who fell wanted to offer themselves to the sails of the ship, wanted to continue sailing with the ship after they had passed on. But one of them has requested from the tradition of his people and his homeland that he be offered gifts that will aid him In his passing, that is... Oh, God, I got to think of a last name for Jerry. I got to think of a last name for Jerry.
2: I actually had that in mind, actually. Ah.
1: Nathan, hit me with that. Got it.
2: His full name
1: is Gerald Toussaint. Wow. That is... Wow. That is Gerald Toussaint, colloquially named Jerkoff Jerry. Toussaint came from a place on Sphere that believes that when you pass over gifts that are offered to you in respect, admiration, and love, and committed to the soil or the fire with you, will be carried with you into the next life. Mr. Toussaint made a reasonable and simple request. He merely wishes to spend his days in his afterlife doing what he loved most here on Sphere. (sighs) He just wants a little bit, a little bit of jerk material. So that's what we're going to do here today. Uh... I want everybody, one by one, just to come up and explain what they are offering to Jerry. Maybe say a few words about what Jerry meant to you and then commit your gift to the fire so that it can be with Jerry as he faces the spiritual realm and the tumultuous waters of the river. Standing up is a silhouette of a huge man, a man who stands head and shoulders above most on this ship with a broad, wide body, thick Body hair and a big beard. It is, of course, Wendell Barge. He shuffles through the crowd up to the front of the furnace and looks out to his friends. We can see that his eyes are thick and puffy with tears. Uh, we can see that he has been using his handkerchief, some might even say abusing his handkerchief, with the sadness uh, that this event has drawn out from him. I've flown, I've flown a long time. And I think, I think all of you know that uh, these are going to be some of the last miles that I'm flying for a while, which needless to say, I, I I've seen a lot and I've served alongside a lot. And when you live a life like mine, The life of a Corsair. You run into folk that you wouldn't find on any other ship. Folk who wouldn't be able to make their lives anywhere else. You serve alongside a lot of perverts. Mm -hmm. Jerkoff Jerry is one of the finest perverts I've ever had the privilege of sharing a
0: ship with.
1: I'll remember... I'll always remember... How how easy it was to sleep in the bunk next to his because the ambient noise coming from there was just very regular, very easy to tune out all the other sounds of the ship. So I'm going to offer to him this pen that when you turn it, there's a liquid in the pen. And there's there's a lady on the pen, and the liquid will move. And while you're writing with it, the lady won't have any clothes. And I know that jerk off Jerry appreciate would appreciate this pen. And I just I hope you love it, buddy. Wendell takes the pen and throws it onto the fire, which burns with an unnatural color, as whatever chemicals are inside that pen are. <laughs> Certainly Absolutely toxic. Absolute Absolutely dynamical. toxic. <laughs> 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 take flight. <clears throat> yeah, everyone in the crew calls, take flight. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> so uh, <Oromar laughs> uh, uh, of, of of the bad habit that he is, is in his own head while waiting to kind of line up. To offer something to this funeral pyre. Um, once again, he's considering the nature of death, and his perspective on that is kind of warped. But really also... complicated
0: right now. Uh huh. You don't say. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ormers going through something else right now. <laughs>
2: uh, but I think. He's been through a lot, also a lot of these, a lot of these funerals of people who've died on the service of the Uhuru. And after a while, although it's sad, the aspect of death and people dying is just a business. And then he thinks about how upset uh, Douglas Kessler was at the potential of his wife having died, even though that wasn't true and how that grief permanently changed him as a person. And that gives Oromar some pause, and then has to shake it off as he moves towards the front of the room and where the pyre is. Uh, Mr. Toussaint was a uh, unique and complicated individual, but like with every member of the Huru, he had... Uh, talents beyond compare that could help others, and not just himself. While this, uh, his passing, is considered to all of us a grand death, uh, I am sure uh, for him it's just a little death. For the road to the afterlife is definitely long and hard. But I know that that is something that he uh, would be looking forward to weathering. Um, His uh, capability of taking arduous punishment was beyond what most could measure. What I offer in his passing is this silk scarf. For to use it while living would be an incredibly dangerous venture. It would not, hopefully, uh, be such a risk in his current state. <laughs> Take flight, Mr. Toussaint. Take, Take flight! And he oh, throws yes. this silk scarf onto the the pyre and it burns away. And he moves off.
3: Um. <laughs> 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 all right. So, uh, Jonnet. <laughs> uh heads up to the front. Uh, kind of turns to face the crowd. Um, Jerry was a perfect example of the crew that you would come to meet in the sky in general. And especially on the Uhuru, um, he never made himself out to be anything other than his true unadulterated self. Um, and that is what we should all aspire to as a skyjack, as a Corsair, we're leaving the ground because the earthly traditions and conventions don't apply to us, and they definitely didn't apply. They definitely didn't apply to Jerry, and and I don't know why I'm getting worked up because it's, sometimes it would get in the way, and it would be a little, oh. a little much, but but he was him, and 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 we all. I think we all really did. If we didn't love it, we, we at least came to, you know, respect it and respect him and the contributions that he he gave to this ship. And it really worth something. And so we're going to miss him. And, and I guess what I... I guess what I have to offer is this flask of coconut oil. And I, it's, it's his favorite and it's, as you all know, it's very strongly scented and you, you could kind of always know because he would tell you, he would tell you in the moments leading up to, after, sometimes during, but if he didn't say it, you could just, you could just know there would be something in the air. And so... Here you go buddy you you you, you lather it on and <laughs> and I hope that you you go off to the great beyond slick and 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 happy because that's who you were, so take flight
0: take flight take man. flight,
3: and he Tosses it into uh, the fire and it shatters and catches fire. There's a big plume of fire. (laughs)
1: And. (sighs) Team chair.
0: Uh,
1: Jane. Oh. No, uh, you go. You go. Jane makes her way up to the front of the podium. She does not look sad. Um, She looks grim faced, steely eyed. She stares out. Across the, the, you know, varying emotions on the faces of the crew of the Uhuru. I didn't know Jerry very well. I honestly only interacted with him once uh, when I first joined the ship. And then I kind of found out his whole deal and sort of took pains to avoid interacting with him ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But when when it happened, uh, when we were in the forest, I was with the ship, and I woke up with the ship, and very shortly after, the the forces of the forest, they they took me out of the fight, and I stayed out of the fight until. Well, until briff came until until the people who were with jerry found the ship and came back to help us all wake up and get the ship in the sky and yeah i didn't want i didn't want to serve alongside a person like this i didn't envision that as as a thing for myself and frankly i thought it was weird that everybody treated the way that he behaved as though we're normal or even a remotely. Okay.
3: Yeah yeah, the, the tracks, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But when it came to it, he put his life on the line to save all of ours where I am from people like jerk off, Jerry, get their comeuppance. Uh, You know, they disgust people, they offend people without care, and eventually the bad forces of the world catch up with them and pay them justice. But I understand now, based on my experiences, that human beings are complex and baffling creatures. And as much as I didn't like being around him in life, I don't wish him ill in death, because of the opportunities that he's given to me and he's given to all of you. So I offer this pair of pants with the pockets cut out in hopes that if he's to continue his behaviors in death, that he might be able to conceal them from the forces that will, that will bring him the grim fate that he earned. And Jane will throw the pants on the fire, and they they are caught up in the furnace and become smoke. Take flight, take flight, take flight.
0: Take flight. Uh, Gable gets up, very solemn. They've been moved over the course of mm-hmm. the service. <laughs> yes, there's all of these uh, lovely sentiments have really got them thinking. Uh, so they get up, they take a deep breath, and say to everyone. Jerk off, Jerry loved to masturbate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: There's there's some hooting and hollering from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Uh. All right. Well, that's about it. What a creep. I've got this plank of wood because we know that he could get off to anything and it's going to make the ship go faster. I didn't like him and he knew that it would be disrespectful to say otherwise. Fuck that guy. didn't like it. Don't didn't wish she were dead, but you know, uh, good. Hope he's cranking that hog all the way to heaven <laughs> and back. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> what a lot of time has been spent talking about this person. Anyway, mm-hmm. have at two. Don't don't come back. Bye, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jonet As Gable comes back to the group, Janet leans over to Gable. That was beautiful.
0: No, it wasn't. I
1: fucking
0: hate that guy. thank you. It's the worst thank you.
1: And finally, in uh closing remarks, I'd, I'd like to, to bring up the, the person we all know uh must have spent the most time with Jerkoff Jerry, uh, because well, they they had so many shifts together. Um and Nodos stands up from the crowd and approaches uh the furnace uh, like uh, <laughs> hmm. it is true that uh, Jerry being one of the senior members of the crew was usually stationed to be partner with me on shifts um, and I wish I could say that that helped me come to know the man to know who he was beneath all the constant jerking off. Um but uh my sentiments about Jerry are more in line with with Mr. Gable. I uh Woo! Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> not not fought because when you're on a shift with him it's He's not doing his job. He's he's doing his own thing. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Ah, Fuck that so guy. So I've got a mop because I know <laughs> that I had to clean up after him many times in life and I know no one's doing that for him in death and so it's about time he pulled his weight in that fashion. Though thanks for saving the ship. Uh, Nodos will toss the mop on the fire mm-hmm. and
3: the mop is the... explodes into the biggest flame <gasps> yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Take flight. Take, Take flight. flight. Take flight.
2: Oromar is currently daydreaming about a coconut-scented cutting stone and is making it very, very difficult to keep a straight face. <laughs>
1: That's the name of uh one of the oh crap, I can't remember his name. There. some kind nope. of
2: Skyjack's porn parody album indeed. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> at least I'd be able to see them hit, <laughs> at least I'd be able to smell them coming, I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of his.: enemies.
0: We're all learning <laughs> lessons not the right ones (laughs) i would think but we're all learning (laughs) lessons from jerry Uh, a
1: jimmy buffett that's a Skyjacks jimmy buffett song right there we go yeah 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 yeah. uh
2: (laughs) true truly though uh gable in some of the earlier stages of the crew of the uhuru he was actually a pretty astounding navigator until he found um navigators with a better attention span but um was able to make solid contributions uh, to to the the crew uh, beyond slowly dehydrating himself at the time.
0: He sucked for sure.
2: I don't disagree.
0: <laughs> Give you a big pat in the back and like a uh, a uh, 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 a stalwart holding like hold yourself up. It's gonna be okay. He sucked <laughs> so bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I there there is there is an initial flinch in that he was not uh expecting physical contact and it's like, oh yeah, that's that's a thing. Oh, um sorry, and sorry, then, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's 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 fine. If I don't get used to that, I think being a captain would be incredibly difficult. <laughs> um He I I think uh if nothing else, uh this will uh, steal our community for a unified vision, for at least a while. Whatever vision you want <laughs> to personally uh, put in your head. Yeah, not that one. Not with the face you're pulling. It doesn't have to be that one. It's I don't fine. Want to do no, this
0: anyway. <laughs>
1: Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I'm just letting everybody know that it looks like... Sky Joust is going to be delayed by at least another month. For those that don't know, when we were editing the series, we encountered a problem with some of the audio, and that audio ended up being plot critical, and there was no backup to replace it, so we actually have to re-record a section of the series. And getting the cast together for that is going to take some time. I might be able to get things up sooner if I rearrange how we present the series, but overall, yeah, there is going to be an extended delay on the premiere of Sky Joust on its own feed. I apologize for that. I want to get it to everybody as quickly as possible, but sometimes the world just works against you. On a lighter note, the OneShot Network is still gearing up for Gen Con. As a reminder, if you are into Skyjacks, you should join us on Friday at 10 p.m. for Illimat with OneShot, where myself, Nathan Blades, and perhaps other folks from the OneShot Network will be there with Together Studios to play some Illamat with folks. If you've been curious about this game, it's going to be a great environment to learn it. Then, of course, on Saturday at 7pm, we have the Skyjacks live show. Right now, we've just confirmed Nathan Blades for that, but I expect to have a more complete idea of which members of the cast are going to be there in the next couple weeks. You can follow the links in our show notes to get tickets to those and other one-shot events. As a reminder, these events can sell out, so if you're planning on attending one of them, be sure to book your tickets now. As always, a huge thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. This show depends on listeners like you giving us financial support. If you like what you hear and you would like us to keep making Skyjacks, please head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to support us. Now is a great time to sign up for Patreon. There is plenty of bonus audio coming out. Next week, we'll have a new episode of Star Wall. And this week, we had two new episodes of Chubo's Marvelous Wish-Granting Engine. We're currently working on more Skyjacks-related rewards, so stay tuned. Now then, a quick word from our sponsor. And with all that out of the way... Let's get back in the sky. We see the crowd now, and I think all of them, everyone aboard the Uhuru, realizes they were holding their breath at the same time, waiting for something that they couldn't quite. Put their fingers on. This is a funeral, one of many funerals the ship has unfortunately had to hold of late. And it is missing something. Even though Spit has already welcomed the final speaker, the final offering has been burned. They were expecting something more. The absence of Travis Madigo is felt in this moment. Travis, with the flair for the dramatic, it was his custom to get up last, to say the final words before the bodies were committed to the fire. And now, without him in this moment, the crew has to find a new way to move on. With a heavy silence that would be Travis's speech over, spit opens the door to the furnace once more, and the coal shoveling crew picks up the body of jerkoff jerry and shoves him forth into the fire it burns heavy burns hot and soon he is not more but ash and smoke and memory this funeral goes on goes through the many folk who died in the forest who gave their lives for the uhuru and who will be missed as it sails on, but now we are at a time finally after the funeral, through the edge of the forest, where the Uhuru can begin to descend, where the ceaseless shoveling on all of the furnaces around the ship can slow, and the Uhuru can gather itself once more and plot a course to its next destination. I think at this time, probably, we've reached evening. I believe the Uhuru has sailed for a full day's light um, out of the forest and is is now sailing to emerge, which means we need to figure out where the ship is going and what the ship is doing.
2: Well, since we have uh to kind of go on full burn like that for a full day our supplies are probably really heavily depleted um also we need to kind of we don't know what happened to the rest of acheron mm-hmm. so yeah. uh finding being able to send a message out safely to make sure that you know at minimum the kessler household are okay um so stopping off somewhere where we can go and resupply, probably calling in a favor of our hundred favors to kind of get restocked and then get a, a message sent out is our, is our next port of call. But I don't know where the nearest place that would be because we don't know where we are. Mm, yeah. I think there's like, Jonnet is
3: kind of getting himself. He's He's been checking and going up to the crow's nest in the time since the funeral, just as like, In the similar way where you would be trying to hold your phone up to try and get better bars, Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. like, if I'm higher up, I might get a better chance of being found by like the note um, that Zana will, if if Zana is out there, she's probably uh, uh, writing some kind of note to me. So I'm trying to be in a better position to uh, receive it. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's very pensively just kind of like going back and forth in the crow's nest.
1: So this is going to be a magic check. Um, your base dice um, are going to be a D6 and a D8 type die. I have those pulled out. I have the, the custom dice for this system um, ready to go. The difficulty for this, I believe, is going to be up against three low stakes dice. So you won't need any dice here, Tyler. Um, But you've got your two dice uh versus three dice um and this is where you can invest effort you can do things like you know magic spells and rituals uh or just literally spending from your stat pool to give yourself an extra edge in this role um so for each uh Point of effort that you invest uh, that will upgrade your die by one value, and if you invest two points of effort, uh, you will be able to add a brand new die to this roll. So my question is, what would you like to do?
3: I think Jonnet is probably going to, uh, yeah, in in trying to like focus and channel. There's a bit of like rhythmic beat making that he's doing just as a like a almost passive like it's it's a habit, but it's also a spell um and so he's going to uh kind of like be drumming along on his chest as he's just kind of like opening himself up to the universe, and I think in doing that, he's going to i don't know this feels like a magic thing, I don't know if it necessarily' taking damage, but like this he's is gonna do the magic yeah, mm-hmm. uh he's going to kind of like take a small chomp chomp on the tip of his thumb to uh, get a little bit of blood and try and boost this the spell with a tiny little bit of blood magic as well just All to right. see if uh, he can get some kind of heading.
1: And it looks like, I'm sorry, you had three dice in this. Um, uh, I forgot to adjust your sheet. So yeah, three dice. Um, that is that, that, that seems perfect to me. Um, so the question that I'll have is, are you going to spend anything from your magic pool in order to, to boost these dice from a mechanical sense?
3: Yes. Okay. Uh, I think I will spend three from my magic pool. Perfect. We're kind of testing the waters of the new system.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, and who, who knows how many rolls that we're, we're, we're going to do today. So that seems good to me. All right. Uh, so you got success and uh, fate on this. Um, so the success is you are going to be able to determine where the ship is. Mm-hmm. Um, fate is something that like coincidentally happens uh, that will be like fuel or, or helpful to you later on um, in the adventure. Uh, you will it's a point that you'll be able to spend to soup up one of your roles later on or spend on one of your abilities. But you know where you have emerged from the forests. And like the way that I think this works is you have been spending a lot of time like going up to the crow's nest, looking around, um, you know, par- part of it, I think, was you doing exactly what you said. You're, you're just trying to be available, trying to be, as available as possible to the universe and the messages that it might have for you. Um, And, and, you know, be a distinct point where one of Zana's feathers might be able to reach you. Uh, However, there's a lot of downtime up there. And I think there's only so much time that Jonathan can sit with the worry uh, that he would have for his family And community while he is alone up in this crow's nest. And I think Jonnet fills that downtime by going through his paces as a star watcher. And you were caught in a very amorphous space. While you were in the forest, you were in the Queen's Domain. And the Queen's Domain is Sphere. It is on Sphere. But all forests are connected. Her forest is the one forest, and that is all forests. Uh, So finding your position on the world of Sphere was extremely difficult because it was one place, and it was moving, and it was still at the same time. But now, as you emerge, the different readings that you took, like, oh, we are summer headed into winter And we see that there are 10 stars visible in this sky, and the wind is moving in this direction, and we are at this elevation, and so on and so forth. You gather your readings, and you run through the various equations in the different traditions of star watching that you have been trained in, and you find that you have emerged in a place that should be hundreds of miles from Acheron. It would be weeks of travel to return to the place that Acheron was. Um, Because this was a successful role, I'm going to ask you, Tyler, are you on the... I'll I'll give you a choice. You can either be close to a port uh, where you would be able to refuel and uh, restock your supplies, but it will be in Redfeather territory. Or you can have emerged in a place that is on the edges of the rediscovered world, not quite within Red Feather territory, but there's also nowhere close by where you might be able to resupply. What are you more interested in?
3: Um, Oh, man, I feel like putting the Uhuru into a scarcity mindset is kind of interesting. So you got
1: all the money in the world, but nowhere to spend it. Yeah. 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 Um, so
3: yeah, I think, I think it's like John, it's John, it's checking, checking the stars, running his calculations and it slowly starts to dawn on him. He's like, Oh, I think I know where we are. I think I know where we are. And it's like, Oh my God. And so he's like checking his map. He's looking and he's triangulating. And then it starts to sink in. It's like, okay, well, we just left the sea of trees And now we're on the other side of of sphere. Like this doesn't make any sense, and like this isn't this isn't near anything um, that at least is on his map. Um, And so there's a level of like there's a level of relief, but then it's like ah this ship, this ship. Um, And so uh, I guess there's. I think it's like a net positive where it's like I'm going to tell I'm going to tell everyone that like we're out of the the Queens, the fourth Queens domain, but you're not exactly going to like uh, where we are because um, I know mm-hmm. we will get somewhere that could have something for us to restock on. But it's like up until then, like we're going to we're going to have to be a little crafty. So, um he kind of packs it up. He he goes to the ladder that'll take him back down uh to the to the deck and then he stops. He kind of turns around, holds his breath for like another moment, another beat for like any kind of like waft of a feather and then he sort of slides down uh the ladder and he goes to I, I he goes to the the helm uh to see if uh, deliver the news to whoever's like driving the ship right now.
1: I believe that would be Gable. Yeah, that's probably yeah. me.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, so he kind of comes up to Gable, uh, and is like, huh. uh, "Hey, hey, hey! Uh, you, uh, you thinking about Mister Toussaint?"
0: Every time I, I realize I don't miss him, but I am expecting him all the time. Yeah, it's like being constantly jump scared. You're in a haunted house for years and then suddenly you leave the haunted house.
3: I think Gable that's kind of like a diet or or light version of actually missing someone. Mm. <laughs> well But we don't have to Yeah. Yep, yeah. 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 <laughs> you were pretty clear in the in your in your eulogy. Well yep. uh so uh oh I do I have something I have something to report Ooh. which is uh, Gable, I think we are officially out of the Queen's domain. Really? So Yay. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> yeah.
0: fantastic. Oh, where are we? Uh okay. But, uh, <laughs> I'll I'll put us on a course to set to set down.
3: Uh w- well, um, because that's a that's a great question. Um because I, I, I think um y- you tell me where you'd like us to be, um and I'll I'll let you know that it, it it's not gonna be that. It's not going to be that.
0: So I I will say a place that I want to be, and then you'll say, "Yeah, it's and it's going to be wrong. It's, it's r- going to be wrong." <laughs> it's so be- any sort of thing I say will yeah, be anywhere.
3: Wrong. Okay, truly, unless it's right. And there's one case where it's right, and you get a a, a million points from me, but it's going to be wrong.
0: Okay, I'm going to guess that we are outside of Acheron, and this was just a bad dream
3: actually that's the thing we're actually pretty good now we are on the other side of sphere um mm-hmm. i think we left we left the queen's forest um and uh we are in uh in un uncharted uncharted skies um so so John is going to hold up a map and he's essentially going to uh like take a take a small dagger and use that as a pointer, and he's going to point to Acheron. Is like this is where we were, and maybe in like the top right mm-hmm. corner of the map. And then he's going to just trail a line down to like the farthest left corner of the map, where it's like it's it's mostly sea, it's forest, sea patch of forest, and then like there's forest, but it's also that's the end of the map. Oh. And so it's like I think we're somewhere. Over here. So I think if we fly straight and uh and and without delay, we should get back on the map in two days
1: time. All right. Gable, I have drawn three luminaries. Yeah. And you can choose left, right, and center. Hmm. Left. What would you like? Left. Left the bounty. Oh. That's interesting. That's very interesting.
4: What does it mean?
1: So the bounty is wealth, plenty, and generosity. Uh, The divination is, wealth awaits you if it is not with you already. You have more of what you seek than what you need. This is generally a good thing, though it can attract unwanted attention. The bounty is made to be shared. Those that find the bounty lose it from greed, but never generosity. So... We're in a far-flung corner of Sphere, and Jonnet is under the impression that, like, we're not going to like where we are. However, this kind of leads me to believe that Gable knows something about this place or area that is remarkably advantageous to the Uhuru. And my question to you is, what does Gable know?
0: Interesting. Interesting. I think what Gable knows is that this area is so far that it is completely unmonitored by both red feathers, regular erranders, and also it is such a flat expanse. It has no bodies of water around it at all. Mm. So it may not have the things we need, but it does have a place where we can figure things out for a little bit.
3: Can I can I throw a little thing on the top of that? Yeah. I feel like it could be like an understood thing where it's like uh travelers don't come out here but the ones that do and manage to come back have somehow like usually they come back with like a very rare kind of griffin. Like mm. there Ooh. there are like flocks of griffins that sometimes like emerge from where you can calculate is this side of the world Mm -hmm. um but it's also like we don't go over there sometimes the griffins come close enough to us and you can you can nab a good one but other than that like uh, -uh, uh -uh. Mm -hmm. and griffins
2: are like because they show up out of regular like broods of eggs and it's Mm -hmm. like uncommon the fact that Mm. there is a large number of griff like flocks of griffins that can all show up at once is a big deal Mm -hmm. that's terrifying (laughs)
1: it it is a big deal it usually happens with uh birds that like you know are in flocks (gasps) generally and birds Mm. that are smarter it's
4: penguins wait it's
1: penguins
4: we're in the arctic circle it's penguins
2: Okay. A giant yes. penguins. Let's yes. go. Mm. If
4: we're off the
0: map, like maybe we're just near in the poles. Okay? okay. Okay.
1: I will have to say, if it's penguins, there's no way sea isn't nearby. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's
0: frozen sea, so it's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have we done an an ice place? No, no, we have not. We have not done wow. an ice place at all. I mean, well, well. Well, well, well. Oh no, this works out just perfectly. Okay, um, All right. Oh, we love we
3: love the Mister Burns finger touch.
1: <laughs> Gable has been to an ice place before. Yes, mm. Gable oh. has been to an ice place with Travis. Gable was nearly executed, so to speak, at an ice place, and I think I think that's exactly where we are. Which is a weird thing for the bounty Mm -hmm. oh gable the reason that this is the bounty like yes we are in this remote place yes there is like snow and cold everywhere and like we can see as we've moving away from the queen's forest like we're starting to move over tundra and things are getting much 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 colder um where Jonnet pointed on the map like You sort of see in your head images of being taken to this place, being held at this place, Um, the nightly conversations with Travis, which were almost worse than the treatment (laughs) that you had at this place. But you also remember leaving this place. You remember fighting your way out. You remember burning it to the ground after you left. And so you know that this place is abandoned. The former, like, church research prison area. Uh, you did not leave a soul alive. Which means there might be supplies. They could be, you know, over 100 years old. But, oh. like, you know where to go.
2: That's cool. Well, cool. still very sad, actually. Wow.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so Gable looks at the map and does like that quick ma- math of, like this is where I think it is John hit.
3: yeah and so I think we we just keep on it's going to be tight it's going to be real tight because there's If you can see down here there's not much here alright but if we keep on going we might be able to get to a port uh, in several days but you know we'll be
0: down in two hours alright don't worry about it I know what? exactly where we're going uh tell the captain Uh do I know the name of this place?
1: I don't think we've ever named it. Um so we can come up with a name right now.
0: Like what what are cold were cold words in Italian? <laughs> Gelato. That's
1: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go frozen lock. Let's see what that gets. Serratula congelata.
0: Congelata. Saratura sounds. Mm-hmm.
1: Saratura sounds good, okay. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What is Saratura
0: again? I guess it'd be luck, right? Lock. I'm going to make Seratura. a call that, like, there are lots of these sorts of places, and they're all mm-hmm. cold. They're generally called Saraturas. Just like this. these are the locks, cool. these are the freezers, these are where we oh, um, love it. And so it, we don't need to get into specifics about me, but I, I tell John it. Uh, I want you to tell the captain that there is a Saratura about two hours away. It's abandoned. I know this for a fact. And I don't know if there's going to be anything there, but we need to come down anyway. So no matter what, I'm going to make that a landing place. If you could tell him that, please.
3: Oh, man. I think on, uh, there's a Saratura. I think Jonnet immediately has like a knee jerk, like chill, go down his spine, not induced from the sudden cold weather, because that's one of the things where. As he was kind of growing up and vying to get out to his sphere and explore, he was like one of those things where eventually, when you imagine, your mind goes like, "What if I? What if I meet a a guy with the giant? What if I go to the Lightfellow Ranch? But I I pay for my own stay and I come back rich, <laughs> and then and then and then I'll I'll buy I'll buy a house and then some and then I'll see a Saratura. Whoa, no, ooh, ooh, no, no, I would no, ew. No, I, I not ill. But like, ah, I could never. <laughs> mm-hmm. But man, one, when I get out and so it's like one of those like dark holes. And so he's like, Sarah. T-
0: it's abandoned. What? I- Long abandoned. I don't know. Like how abandoned? Extremely. It is over 100 years abandoned unless it has been occupied by polar bears. I don't imagine that the church would want to reoccupy it.
3: Okay. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on it. And uh, he like snaps back into into uh, our our confident Jonnet. He for whatever reason does some sort of salute to Gable. All right, and, <laughs> and <laughs> like, I, I that's not that's not something I do. Um, we good. I'm out of here. We could be salute. Uh, no. Is that do you want? <laughs> let's that? try it out. Let's try it out for like a day, and and we'll reevaluate it after that. And so <laughs> he like he like gets a pep in his step and like runs down to tell the captain uh, where we're headed. Mm.
1: we find orimar i imagine in its office or where where yeah
2: no we're in the office um he actually has um he's changed back out of his like morning wear and there's a bunch of layers on Uh, apparently one of the coats in his collection is one with a fur collar and he has a little scarf on and he's uh i think he has mittens as well actually and uh oh, i like that uh when um jonet kind of arctic comes in.
1: action orimar well um,
2: <laughs> um yeah uh, Jonet comes in and the, the captain kind of see you you, you maybe knock, maybe don't at this point if the people barge in it's usually one one of the <laughs> people one of the people that he knows who would uh who- <laughs> i think i think what it what it is is uh the
3: door starts to open mm-hmm. pauses it closes and then there's a knock mm-hmm.
2: on there yeah uh without turning around or while turning around jonat kessler honestly uh you and gable you don't know it's me you don't know it's me though well it was uh it would be one of three people who uh, never have the sense to remember to knock and uh, i
3: almost did though i almost did i'm getting better
2: true
1: Everyone's 50. kind of a little drunk with power right now of not having to knock everywhere they go on the ship. Um,
0: <laughs> I can go anywhere. <laughs> <Tree> <laughs> this
2: is
3: freedom.
1: Any,
2: anyway, Jonathan Kessler, what is it you need? You see a bundled up Orimar veil.
3: And I think uh, seeing Orimar, like, that is the final like confirmation that, like, at some point, we don't fully know when, but, like, after the service. And now, like, we almost hit, like, a wall where, like, the temperature, like, dropped, like, 20 degrees, like, almost immediately. Mm. Um, and so, John makes a mental note. like, I'm actually cold. I need to get an, a heavier jacket. But that's for a later time. And so, uh, he kind of goes up to the captain and is like, well, I, I, I finally was able to get a sense of where we are. And so, uh, we're not. And he rolls out the map. Mm-hmm. We're not on the map yet but Mm. and then he points to the bottom uh left corner uh we're on our way there and um i am saying that we should try to aim for points to a point in the map uh around here where there's likely to be a port but gable is saying that um we should be able to land somewhere that might have a place for us to resupply in like two hours but she's saying that's a Saratura. Oh.
2: Wait, though of of course those would be be out here, but there's like a there's a pause and Oromar goes through a handful of different things first in his head. Uh one the kind of like, oh, I guess I would count as somebody with non-standard ability. Well, I guess not anymore, and then immediately thinks about the large number of magical people who are aboard the Uhuru and is filled with immediate concern and then press an it. important
1: yeah. an important thing uh to note is the ceraturas were probably active like 90 years ago sure, sure, or sure. something like that
3: like so it, so they uh, real quick are there in this day on sphere active ceraturas or are they all kind of like it's understood that they used to be around they used to be a housing place but now they're all kind of more or less abandoned
1: so more, more or less, like okay. you know, this yeah. is the 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 Sarator, Like, imagine in the history of the Catholic Church, they did inquisitions. Like, they had the Inquisition. We're a bit out from the Inquisition now, but like only a couple decades. So mm. you go, well, I know they used to do that, but they're still a powerful organization. Are they yeah. still doing is any it, of that? Is like, yeah, they? hopefully well, not. Does the
3: Church? Oh, we'll, we'll, uh, real quick, does the Church acknowledge? what they did during like the hmm. heyday of the Saratora or are they kind of like that was that was another time another like that that wasn't even us or things like that
1: well okay okay folks here we are <laughs> we're back at uh rolling for information gotcha. um also nathan
2: you i feel like i stepped on no you're good uh, i was like maybe i need to rewind what i was saying before but to be honest this is more important let's go find out what we know about ceraturas <laughs> and then Oromar can react
1: okay um so uh this I'm gonna make an average low stakes roll here, um, Jonnet. Your intellect is four. You have one eight-sided die. Um, uh, do you want to spend anything on this roll, or I feel like are you John? Good? Yeah, I feel like John.
3: It would be good. His his like Torres exist as in like boogeyman status, like. Mm-hmm. Like two notches down from like the Mariner. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like the only thing he knows, they exist. He knows like they're spooky. He associates them with the church. But outside of that, you could tell him anything and he would probably believe it.
1: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, Then we also have in the same room, uh, probably just relevant to have the knowledge check from you. Is Oromar and all right? So, Ormar you have a 12 in intellect, which would give you three of the d8 size. Oh, wow, um, do that! All right, um, so I'm gonna roll the challenge dice first and roll Jonnet's. All right, it you're you got a success and a complication, and Oromar, holy cow. Oromar has two successes and one opportunity about the situation. So uh, what that means, so this is about Saraturas, generally speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's all we need to know? Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, this is about the church. Okay.
3: Yeah,
2: no. It, so the, I think the question was kind of like, oh, did do, do, ch- do the church kind of acknowledge all the stuff that they previously did? Are they still trying to keep that stuff going, but on the down low?
1: Sky Jax. So we find ourselves in the bowels of the skyship Uhuru to a part of the cargo hold that has been rearranged to have many benches and boxes look like uh, desks in a schoolroom. There's a chalkboard at the front of this room. Uh, there are many filthy and pathetic looking orphans filling these chairs. And in front of all of them is Janet Kessler of the Captain's Council. Uh, who appears to be looking at a binder uh that is full of papers um uh that that are marked with Travis Matigo's name.
3: Okay. Uh all right. Uh settle down orphans. Settle down settle down. Everybody uh, quiet.
1: John okay, is talking. Quiet right, coyote. Whatever.
3: Quiet coyote. All right. Coyote. Yep, 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 um, yep. Uh, that is a that is a, who's allowed who's being allowed Coyote right now. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Turner. All right. So, uh, as you know, uh, Travis is unavailable to give uh, this lecture today. Because, he, did...
4: died. because no. he died. No. Because he died. No. he totally died. No. I watched not, He's die. not dead.
3: No. It's he not dead. It's a the... face worse than death. All right. Leaving the oh. Uhuru. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. All okay. right. So- uh, he did provide me his uh, his core syllabus, uh, um. so I can fill in and teach the lesson for you. Uh, I am looking through the entire syllabus right now, and th- the halfway through there is a page that just says "boot maintenance," and the rest of the book is blank. So, um, right. uh. so I'm just going to. Uh, I have been noticing that a lot of your feet. Are uh, uh, un- 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 ungodly dirty, um, and we are tracking a lot of mud throughout the the, uh, the ship. So I, we're just going to do a quick round, uh, quick uh, talk back of what we think uh, proper boot care is on the Uhuru because we are all sharing. We're sharing the skies and we're sharing the floors. Okay,
4: I have an answer. I have an answer. Uh, yes, uh, okay. Flim Flam. All right, <clears throat> Flim Flam here, and mm-hmm. Flimmin is my Flam. I have. <laughs> Uh, i am saying that
3: since you came on the ship. Don't know what it means.
4: I have more of a statement than a question.
3: Okay. The,
4: when it comes to the And mud. Travis
3: would let you do this? Uh, yes. I've never yeah. been to one of these. That seminars. Was the,
4: first, died, the first so. thing
1: that he taught us is that if there's any sort of question asking thing, you should mostly be taking the time to draw attention to yourself through <laughs> statements. Yeah. I mean,
4: so I, Flip I, Flam has a question <laughs> and a statement <laughs> and a question curiosity so Uh when we're talking about tracking in mud I would posit that we should look first at the source of the mud on the ship that is not our fault
3: the, well, the the ship does not come with mud on it. Uh, from the market, uh, we bought it. We bought it fresh, and then it has slowly accumulated mud from people. Uh, usually, tiny little feetsies, um walking about, uh, tracking mud throughout uh, the the ship, all across uh,
2: the deck. I don't understand how this is an ethics question.
3: So, th- th- is now that's more that- of a criticism? That's Wait, more of hang a on. criticism. Wait, no, we can spin this. How, how do you think it is wrong to track mud into the Uhuru? Uh, in every nook and cranny, in some cases on the ceilings. Don't know how that's happening. I'm looking at you, Flim Flam.
4: I, I didn't get to posit my curiosity as, as far as I'm concerned. My curiosity is the, uh, the difference between a tracked mud print from a bare foot versus a shoe, I think is very minimal, if not more so. Uh,
3: wait, <laughs> give that give that to me one more time.
4: <laughs> if a foot were to have a mud on it, and then the mud were to be inside boot or on foot, then barefoot would be equal to or less than the mud tracked on boot, and then with mud foot having to been booted. If you're saying that we need to be booted to have mud foot in equal or less measure. If a muddy then- foot is
1: leaving Aram at 35 miles per hour, and then a muddy boot is leaving Bougenith at 25 miles per hour, there's going to be more mud in the boot because of the grooves.
3: Franklin, Franklin, stop turning everything into a word-based I'm math problem. I'm
1: Turner. I always travel with Hooch. Would you like some rum? Oh, uh, all right. Okay.
2: If a I... muddy boot is kicked in the woods and nobody's around to hear it, does it make a sound?
3: Ooh, oh, nihilistic Neil. All right. Um, look, <laughs> nihilistic Neil. Please, I I need you.
4: Neil's just drawing circles in mm-hmm. his notebook, just like big circles.
2: I'm to make nihilistic neil going circle.
3: I'm going I just want you to know that I'm going to be yelling at the rest of this class. None of that is directed at you. I need you to find your joy, whatever that is, all right? You're still looking and I we all want that for you, okay? Mm-mm. Now, everyone else, real quick, flim flam, are you positing that we sh- if you have a muddy foot, you should then put that muddy foot into a non-muddy boot?
4: I'm. I just posited my curiosity. The conclusions are to be drawn by the individual. No, no,
3: no, no, no. You can't just pose that out there and then walk away because that sounds absolutely great. flim flam, flim flam, flim flam. Come back, please, flim flam, flim flam. And Johnny uh, follows flim flam, flam out the door. Uh, and we slowly zoom back out into a wide shot of the of a very muddy. Deck of
1: the Ohoos. <laughs> <laughs> How did they get we'll all this up. mud here? We'll yeah. <laughs> Good. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at Campaign Pod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing.
0: Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: You can find more great gaming shows over at one-shot-podcast.com. Johnnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. You can stream his short film, Lining, on the Roku app. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at LizAnderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Madigo was played by Johnny O'Mara. Who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Bill Buds. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom ENT or streaming at twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him over on Twitter at Arnie Parrott or on his website, ATP Tunes. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at dreams To become or on her podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Lunarum. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show was made in part by using a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals. There are no kings. Take flight.
0: Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends near to Twice to the dearest, we're leaving
2: behind. Who know we can never deny
4: the call of the sky.